thank you for joining us at Intelligogy today, where we disrupt educational normalcy. I have a special guest with me. Actually, it's my first guest outside of my family, so I'm very excited. I have with us today, Taylor Armstrong. Hi, Taylor, how are you? I'm wonderful, how are you doing? I am great. I know we talked briefly about um, having you tell us a little bit about yourself, and I still want you to do that, but I have to let you know. I, I did my research, and your history is so intriguing, amazing, and interesting. I, I just want to share a little bit because I know as human beings, we, we don't kind of toot our own horn, so I'm going to toot your horn for a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, Taylor's background consists of just a, a breadth and a wealth of technology. He's been an IT system specialist, a technology coordinator, and a STEM coordinator in high school. Um, he's been a coordinator for academic support on the college level, a help desk support person. And currently he is the direct, no, assistant director of technology for Vestavia Hills City School District. Did I get that right? <laughs> you did. You did very well. Awesome. And one other thing I want to point out to our listeners is, um, I think I kind of jumped a little bit, that he started out, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, as a math slash PE teacher and a coach. So you started from the classroom and kind of went all the way up. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So impressive. And so you have a master's in information technology and are you pursuing or have secured your doctorate in curriculum and instruction? I am uh, about halfway through my doctorate in, in curriculum okay. instruction. Okay. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the journey because it is a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it is for sure. <laughs> So we is, is there anything I missed in anything you want to share with us about your background? Uh, well, I think this, this will kind of explain why I'm such an IT guy. Uh, okay. Before I got an education, I was in the military. And uh, when I got out of active duty, I, I went to, I was on reservist, but I worked as a, at the joint force, um, basically as a joint forces center. So you work like you're full time and you're considered full time. Um, and I was, um, in intelligence and just kind of had to learn IT there and got training on some things. So then when I went into the school setting, I was coaching for fun uh, just to help and have fun and just fell in love with education and had to go back to school and do everything and uh, be a teacher and work through that. And so that's why I've always stuck with technology because I did technology first and then it uh, just, we never really had a ton of it in schools. And so I thought that'd be a good way for me to help improve our schools. Well, it's, it's definitely exciting and interesting and keeps you busy, I'm sure. And thank you for your service too, from the background of it. Um, I also learned something else pretty interesting that you are a semifinalist for the 2020 class of next gen emerging educational technology leaders. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Uh, so that is a, it's actually an international award. Um, people from all over can be recommended and anybody can recommend you. And it comes down to, you have 12 semifinalists and five get picked. And so COSIN is basically an organization for ed tech leaders, whether you're teachers or directors or anybody that's really focused on ed tech and wants to improve that. And so 
uh, I was nominated and I got to be in the final 12 um, to uh, for the award. So. Well, congratulations. What an honor. See, I told you guys, his his background is just so interesting. I mean, we could really spend a whole conversation around his expertise. Um, and, and speaking of which, that's exactly why, Taylor, I wanted to talk to you today. Um, given where we are right now with COVID-19 and pretty much everybody is on a global shelter in place. We're just now at the phase where um, some countries are starting to transition back into phases of normalcy. But what's happening in Alabama right now? Where are you guys in the process of shelter in place in COVID-19? So they, they shut our state down for everybody except essential personnel about two weeks ago. Uh, it might be longer because, you know, it kind of starts to run together after a while. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, some days I have to ask my wife. I'm like, it's today, Friday. Or is it, you, you do. Know? <laughs> I do. So, uh, but uh, me and my wife actually are both essential because I'm on uh, I'm an, an admin and she does mental health. So she still has to see people um, mm. and she tries to do as much telehealth as she can to be safe. But there's right. just some things you can't, you know, you just can't work around. So um, with that, it's kind of saved me because like today I went up to one of our schools and it was just me and my kids. Nobody's there, obviously. So it, like the roads are completely empty. It looks like something off the walking dead. You know, wow. it's just nobody anywhere. Nothing's going on. And, uh, you know, you might if there's a fast food place, you might see five cars, but that's it. Like there's more cars in the drive-through than there are actually in the parking lot right yeah so it's crazy but at the same time you know i have a we're setting up a new school and it's going to be uh one of our new middle schools and Mm -hmm. so for me i was going through and setting up all the interactive boards for our classrooms and it was a great time because my kids can run and not bother anybody i don't have to worry about being around people um and we get these interactive boards. So I actually posted a video of my kids playing on it and, you know, giving their approval that, you know, yes, they love colored on it. So it's fun for them because they don't have to stay in the house and they can do things. But, you know, I know I go crazy and I'm just wondering (laughs) how people that have to stay home all the time deal with this. That's kind of my outlet of going to work. But yeah, it's, it's like, it's almost like you were going to work at 2 a.m. But it's in the <laughs> like where where is everybody? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, we we kind of hit our stir crazy point over here the other night. We were playing darts, and one of my sons he just like couldn't even control his body. I'm like, we just need to get in the car. And drive. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to. I yeah, you know yeah. I run a lot, and what I'll do is that there's all these trails around here. So I will even though I can run in my neighborhood. I will mm-hmm. drive to a trail because I know I'll be alone. So no worries there. But <laughs> it's just right. something new that it's not the same old thing. And it makes me feel better. Yep, absolutely. Well, listen, with both of you being essential employees, we definitely um, hope that you guys stay safe. And, and thankfully, you're not going in around a lot of people. But your wife is at times when she has to go in. So we hope you guys stay safe and healthy. Yes. Um, so... Let's talk about this. Well, you are the assistant director of technology for your school district. So kind of help us understand the scope of that. Like how many schools do you support and how has your role evolved with COVID-19? So we have uh, nine schools 
and uh, I think 12 locations total. We have um, almost 7,500 students. And, um, and for Alabama, we're, we go all the way up to 7A. We're probably, we're in the top five biggest schools in Alabama. Like, wow. you know, some districts are county, so they get more students. But if mm-hmm. you break it down to like those schools, they'll have different school systems. If you break down my school system, we're one of the top five. So um, it's, we're very blessed that we had enough devices to give to our our students. You know, I've worked in all kinds of school systems, whether they're uh, very low income, very high income, medium. And um, one of the things we have is such great leadership that wants to provide for students. So not only did we have devices for each student, but our leadership took the next step and said, we're going to make sure they have internet too. So we uh, made sure we got uh, Wi-Fi for them and for anybody that didn't have internet at home. So we mm-hmm. can provide for them and do those things just to kind of uh, bridge that gap in equity as much as we could, as much as we could help with that, because we know not everybody's the same, not everybody has the same things, but if right. we can give that, we will. And so a lot of that has come down uh, to me and to the director. And, and I'm so blessed. He, he treats me like a partner. He doesn't treat me like uh, I work for him. He treats me like his partner. So a lot of what we do, we do together and we'll talk about it. And so it's kind of like we're co-tech directors because I've been a director before and he treats me like that. And I'm, I'm very blessed to have a wonderful boss. Um, so a lot of, I, I focus more on the technical side. He does a lot of the admin uh, and we talk through the instructional stuff together and we'll really talk through all of it because we want to help each other out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times because he has so many meetings, I'll take the lead on the technical stuff and go ahead and get started. And I'll talk to our instructional techs, which is, we have six um, instructional specialists that are dedicated to our teachers to helping them integrate, make lesson plans around it, and really uh, evolve their classrooms to use technology the best it can. And um, then we have technical people as well that just do the technical stuff and help make sure everything's going. So we really get together on all that and make sure it's been a lot of a lot and a lot of uh, virtual meetings, but it's it's been. Mm-hmm. So with that, you you said a lot, and I want to kind of go back to some things, but um, with your technology specialist and the the classroom instructional specialist are are specialists who are not in the classroom, what what has the level of support been for them? How are they feeling pushing out support to teachers? Is everything going smoothly? What have you learned from the process? Well, uh, as you probably know, nothing's going smoothly. Uh, <laughs> every time you push something out, you know, we'll be doing Google Meet and then Google will update something that will break half of Google Meet. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's one of those things. There's not proper time to test things as we normally would. And it's like we just got to try this and get it out. And it causes a lot more problems. But uh, our people are so great at just going, hey, we're having this issue. Do you know anything? And we'll CC everybody on it so everybody can be involved and know what's going on at the same time and come up with an answer together or, you know, hey, this is what I've heard or seen. And so it's it's we're trying to keep it as normal as possible because we've always been that way of just talking to everybody. So everybody's on the same page because we're all over the district. I mean, we have I have techs that do two schools at a time. I have three specialists for um, 
six through 12 and three for pre-K through five. And, you know, that we have five elementary schools and two middle schools and, and a high school and fixing to open a freshman center. So they're stretched between schools. So it's um, it's it can be crazy, but that's some of the things we do to make sure everybody's involved. So a lot of that is business as normal for communication wise. But just dealing with it, we've found ways to be able to remote into students' machines or help teachers and things like that to where we're not putting them at risk, but we're also being able to help them like we normally would and do the things we want to do for them. You know, everything you just said is so the Disney way. I mean, I'm just listening to you and I'm I'm actually smiling as you talk because you have all of this technical support for your teachers and not only your teachers for the kids and the the one-on-one devices. I mean, just everything you said is amazing. And I'm just so really impressed. I mean, you guys have a lot of best practices that people really should know about and and the troubleshooting and the remoting in. It sounds like even in the most difficult and most unexpected situation, you're doing everything you can to make it as easy as possible for teachers and students. Yeah. I mean, that's that's literally what we're here for. And I tell people, my job is to make sure you never notice any of us because if you're not noticing us, that means it's working properly and you're able to do what you need to do. So, you know, with that, and a lot of people are still stuck in, uh, and this is where a lot of the problems come from is that, Oh my gosh, we don't use any of this stuff. How are we supposed to do this? And you sit back and think, and you go, why? I mean, these things have been around for years. These, you know, I I ask people all the time, this is my go-to line when people want to tell me, you know, I don't like change or, I can't do things new or I've always done it this way. Then I'll say, okay, well, let me look at your phone. And they'll go, why? Wow. So well, I want to see what kind of phone you have. And then they'll pull out the newest, greatest iPhone. And I'll go, well, with what you just said, I, I expected you to have a, one of those brick bag phones. You know, like if you're not, if, if what you're really telling me is that this is what I'm comfortable with, or I'm not willing to take that risk is what you're telling me. Not that you can't. You just don't want to. And that goes all the way from teacher level to highest administrator there is. If you're telling me you don't have money for it, you're wrong. Because I've worked, I've worked, look, I worked in a school district that was 90% free and reduced. Okay. Mm -hmm. We had, as people would say, we have no money for anything. My technology budget was literally $0. Everything came out of general fund. Okay. But I found $50,000 from the state by talking to the CFO. I found money here, money there. And on top of it, you get those federal dollars that nobody else gets. So you have the money. It's a matter of how we're allocating that money. And so I was able to make that district. We went from having 10% one-to-one to by the time I left, we were 70% one-to-one. And, you know, it it wasn't that we spent and we didn't add anything to the budget. We didn't make the budget bigger. We just found the money and found what we were not spending it right on and also requested where we need to request. There's people that want to give you things. You just got to find it. So, you know, that's part of it. You've got to be willing to take those extra steps to do that because our kids, if you look at our kids, the iPhone came out in 2007, right? None of our kids were born before it. I mean, every kid we have was born after that. Mm-hmm. So these kids know no world without it. So if we're telling them, well, we're not going to do that 
because we don't think that's right. That's who they are. We teach them their way and we've got to go that way because that's the only thing they know. They don't know sitting in a classroom and listening to lecture. That's not going to, that's not going to work with them. You want to raise scores. You got to be a Rosetta Stone teacher. You got to speak their language. Absolutely. Let me ask you something. Um, And this is something I love your mindset because I think we really think alike. I'm I'm a forward thinker. And so listening to you, I know you are, especially in your role, have already been planning and thinking about this. Um, the, The transition back into, and I know you guys, let's see, we are in our fifth week. And I think you said you're probably between second and third. Um, our governor today, well, of course, on a national scale, they started talking about the phases of reentry. Um, have you had, has your staff started having conversations? What does that look like for you at this point? Or, or is it too early for you to have those conversations? No, we have closed for the rest of the school year. So we are done for the rest of the school year Uh, as far as on-site facilities. You know, like I said, we will go and do some things individually and make sure we're not around anybody, but that's only for essential people. Um, The students are done for the year except for online. And then I think personally, and I have my own opinions about this, but I think it's too early to be talking about next year because we have, I mean, it's April. You have May, June, and July. Look, look what happened with this stuff in two weeks when it started coming out. You can't plan that far ahead with what happened to start it and what could happen by then. By, you know, we could say we're not going to have fall classes and everything be fine by June, you know. And then we're looking back, yeah. going, well, why do we do that? You know. So I think, uh, you know, we've got to wait till at least June to make that decision, and then mm-hmm. you still have a month and a half. So many unknowns, and and it's it's so highly contagious you're absolutely right that you kind of have to take a wait and see approach but but let's let's do this i know you don't foresee going back to school and things being exactly the way they were before don't you envision a new normal when we do return well and as as a tech guy you hate the way it happened but for technology purposes you're kind of glad it took something like this because mm-hmm. you, you got to understand that most people will say no to everything. They don't, we don't need this. But, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times people have said a Chromebook's not essential. We need textbooks, a Chromebooks, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need this. And, and I'm sitting there trying to tell them, man, we can get a $200 Chromebook. That's the same price as a textbook, but it will be notes, pen, pad, paper, apps, and a textbook all at once. Like everything you need. We can do everything we need for this price. So you're actually wasting money doing it this old way, but people don't see it that way. They're so used. They, you know, they've done this for 30 years and they're thinking, no, that's not right. This is cheaper. And this is what we can afford and what we can do when it's really, they don't know how to do that. So they're just going to stay with this because it's what they've done. And that's generally what most people do is they just don't know. So they're not going to take that leap. But I find the best leaders go, you know, I don't really know if this is going to work. But you are my guy here. You know what you're doing. So take that leap, and I'm going to trust you to lead us all and teach us all. And, and I will be glad to learn with you because I don't know. But they hired you to do that, so they want you. You know, they they're going to give you those reins. And and like I said, my district is phenomenal at that. They empower people to do exactly what they hired them to do, and even more. So 
Yeah, I think it has to change. I mean, everybody that said it can't be done, we've just spent the last month proving them wrong. It can be done. It's just a matter of how. Look at what we did. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, think about this. Teachers had one week of warning, no training, no documentation on anything, and they made it happen. You know, teachers, I call teachers the MacGyvers of the world. You remember that show, MacGyver? He could uh, (laughs) could make a bomb out of a paperclip chewing gum and a rubber band, right? (laughs) That's what teachers are. You give them nothing. They're like, okay, cool. We can make curriculum out of this. Like it's, it's amazing. So I, I want to tell people, if you want to solve the world's problems, get a group of teachers and send them to wherever the problem is. They'll fix it. I promise you they'll fix it. You got that right. (laughs) You know, we just figure it out. You know, because we're used to not having anything and we're used mm-hmm. to being bare bones that it's just like, all right, we'll make this work. And they did. They, they proved that excuses are just that. They're excuses. We got this and we can yep. do this. We just have to dedicate to it. And, and you know, Taylor, I, I'm, as you were talking, I'm thinking there there are so many heroes in this whole situation. And I know we all take pause and really um, our hearts go out to families who have um, lost people due to this virus. But when I think, you know, we, we typically think about the frontline people, the medical professionals and even retail and restaurants, they're... Um, or grocery stores rather in restaurants they're they're proving to be the real heroes and law enforcement but you know when i look at the education side of it parents are rock stars kids are rock stars because they're resilient and and you just pointed out how much educators are rock stars because a lot of us are very um comfortable and and not a little bit fearful of taking that next step and and doing something different because it is so different. And now all of a sudden here we are and, and figuring it out and and honestly doing it quite well. Aren't you proud of teachers right now? I'm very proud of teachers. And you know, the thing is I had no doubt. I had no doubt because it is. And that's why it's, you know, it's funny you say taking the next step because on my be the compass, one of my things is take the next step. Because that's what's going to get you to the next one and the next one. And, you know, I knew they would. Anytime teachers are faced with obstacles, they always rise to the to the um, to the opportunity and they not only meet it, but they crush it. I mean, I've seen teachers drive to kids houses and they stay six feet away, but they just read them a book just to make let them know they you know, they love them. I had a teacher reach out to me this morning asking me and this is from Florida. I know we're via Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. just, just saying, hey, can we get together? Maybe some apps I can use for my students and things like that. It's so awesome. Like, that's what this stuff is about, to help each other and to grow each other. And that's why, you know, we, we have so many resources with each other. It's you, you just can't defeat a teacher because they're like, OK, well, I got a friend up in Minnesota I could call and they'll help me out. And, you know, I knew that this is how it would end because this is how teachers always are. They always find a way. They always find a way. You are absolutely right. Listen, you mentioned something that I was going to hit on and ask you to talk about. So let's switch gears. You mm-hmm. you mentioned Be the Compass. I want you to tell us about that. What exactly is Be the Compass? So Be the Compass has a couple of different meanings. Uh, for one is leading others and the other is leading yourself. So it's, it's kind of all traces back to my middle school days uh, as a kid. 
I moved around a lot. Like I went to like 18 different schools, right? And uh, no fault to anybody's. My dad just, uh, he works in retail. And so it's kind of like being an army brat, but they give you a new position. You got to move somewhere else. It's it's the same thing. So, um, you know, I moved like starting middle school. I moved into school the last month of fifth grade. And then middle school was six, seven, eight. So I spent a whole summer with no friends and then went to sixth grade and it, it didn't get much better. And then we left that town at, with a month left in eighth grade and moved to the new town with a month left in eighth grade. So, you know, I learned a lot there from my teachers and how my teachers handled me and, and, and how they supported me. And then as I grew and matured, I got more friends because once you start playing football and you're doing all these sports and, you know, you're one of the bigger kids. Um, then everybody wants to be your friend, right? And it also taught me to not forget where I came from. So mm-hmm. as an adult, I joined the military and I get an education and I see all these kids struggle and I see teachers struggle. You know, it's not just kids, teachers struggle. You know, teachers oftentimes uh, isolate themselves or have their own people that are going to talk to and won't talk to other people. It's, it can be very, very similar. And so for me, be the compass means that one, you have to wake up every day and lead yourself because you can't lead anybody else until you lead yourself to start off. Mm-hmm. So get yourself right, do what you got to do for you. And then two, be that direction for other people because somebody out there needs you and it's going to help them. You, you might not see it today. Just like me, my middle school teachers will never know what they did for me, but today it means so much. And so that's the other thing. Be the compass for those people, lead them no matter what you have to do, no matter what obstacle you, you, Come across, take that next step, start climbing that obstacle and show everybody that as long as you're willing to try, there's a way to get it done. I love that. That's so, you know, history really does drive who we are. And I I love your story. And I love that you didn't just stay there. You didn't just succumb to having moving around and and not having friends. You're making a difference because of your background and you know, that, that's what we all should do. So I hope that's what people get from this is to, um, you don't have to stay in circumstances. You can grow from it and be better because of it. That's right. That's exactly right. So, I, you know, I found out about Be the Compass because I was, um, I, I looked in several different places to learn about you and um, I didn't, t- didn't say this from the beginning. I actually met you really, what, just about a week, maybe two weeks ago um, uh-huh. through Education Never Dies with the Staff Room podcast and Shay and Pav. Yep. So tell us a couple of things. I want you to talk to me about I saw Zero Apology Zone um, and your connection with Education Never Dies and Crazy PLN and really just the Twitter PLN that some people may not know about. So can you talk to me about all of that? Sure. So uh, let's start with Zero Apology Zone. Uh, So that was started by Vernon Wright, a wonderful friend of mine. We, uh, We have a website, too. That's where you can get your Be the Compass gear or the Zero Apology Zone gear. And Zero Apology Zone is basically about speaking for those that don't have a voice, you know, to be the voice for people, to stand up for them and to make a way for them. And it plays right into being the compass of taking that next step so you can fill in that gap and be who you need to be for whoever you need to be that for. And and we're not going to apologize for it because that's what we feel is the right thing to do. And, and that's what we feel is is what this world needs. So we're not going to apologize for being what others need us to be to help them. 
And and that's really what the Zero Apology Zone stands for, to take that next step and to be something for somebody to help them grow and to help them speak. And then Education Never Dies, uh, there's a group of nine of us in there. Uh, so the Puck Rock Classroom of Josh and Mike, and then we have uh, Michael Murphy, Santiago Meza, Christina Vasey-Weinstein, Che and Pav, myself, and Tony Coppola. We make up Education Never Dies. It, it was so funny how it started. Uh, it was Punk Rock Classroom staff room with Michael Murphy just having a boxer talk. And then mm-hmm. they decided to invite me. So Champ had invited me, and I invited uh, Santiago and Christine. And Champ had invited Tony, and it just kind of rounded out the group. And it was like, you know, this is great that we should we were talking about this stuff, but we should do something like this. Mm-hmm. And it just started with a talk about leadership and our different views. And so finally, we were like, all right, let's do something. So we created a website. We started that chat. And then eventually we started the Voxer Group for a little deeper talk and more support. And it's something where we really just want to be there for people. Those questions that you don't want to ask on Twitter or mm-hmm. In public, then you can come to our boxer group and ask those because that's where they stay. And but even if you do ask them on Twitter, we're going to give you our honest answer because, you know, I've learned a long time ago. Um, I can be worried about what other people say about me, or I can help somebody, and I'm going to help somebody. So, you know, and I'm a dude. You know, I have a bunch of tattoos, and because I was in the military, and and I just enjoy tattoos. I tell my mom, these are my decorative pottery that you keep in the cabinet. So, you know, same thing for me. So. Um, it makes her feel better, at least. But, um, <laughs> you know, i that's just who I am. But I'm going to be who I am. That doesn't mean I can't support mm-hmm. your child. It doesn't mean I can't love a student. It, it, it just means I'm comfortable with being me and I'm going to be okay with that. And it makes me probably a better educator because I can show people how awesome it is to be yourself. So that's I was just about to say, what a great role model to be comfortable who would comfortable with who you are, which in a world full of technology, and I know you know this all too well, that um, kids have that fear of missing out and and things look so much better. Uh, people put their best foot forward and, and, and they're having the time of their lives and the kid is not there. Um, so I love that you are in a role where you can connect with kids and show them that, you know, you're great. You're great with or without all of these people. Yes. And, and that, you know, it's one of my favorite things when I get, when I, I honestly hate my office. Um, in a normal week, I might spend probably four or five hours there in a normal week. I like going to schools and doing my work because mm-hmm. I just like being in a place where kids are so I can give my high five or say, hey, or just talk to people that are there. Because that's one of the things I miss about being in schools is always seeing kids. And, um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's where I do my work. But at the same time, I also want to give that kid that has that online persona. I want them to know that their real life persona is better than the online persona. And and that's what I want them to feel, because when I finally accepted that in my life, it made my life completely different. And I love who I am and you don't have to love it. But doggone it, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to love every minute of it. And uh, if you don't like it, that's OK. I'm still going to be me. And. You know, there was a time in my career where I thought it might hold me back from getting promoted. And if it has, I don't care. That's not a job I needed. I need to be me. And I would rather somebody know exactly who my who I am and not want me to be there than pretend to be somebody else and then them hate who I am when I get there. 
Absolutely. I mean, just you nailed it with everything you said. And I, I just, gosh, I love that you're in a position where you can go to multiple schools and share that light and that reality and that assurance and that confidence with kids who need it more now than they ever have. And they'll need it even more once we do return to school from COVID, because just like your wife is in mental health, we're going to have to really meet the needs of these kids who have pretty much lost a, a big chunk of their year from the seniors in high school to the the freshmen who this was their first year in high school, kindergartners, I mean, just really all over the place. We've got some serious emotional needs that we will need to um, tend to. And, and you just sound like you care. And I'm, I'm very thankful that you're in the capacity that you're in to be able to reach so many schools and touch so many lives and change them. So thank you for that. Well, it just matters. I mean, I remember as a kid, I never, never saw any of my director anywhere. You know, anybody that was central office level, I couldn't tell you who was at central office at any school I ever went to. Uh, I could tell you who I could tell you who my awesome teachers were, and I could tell you who my awesome admins were, and I can tell you who my terrible ones were. But and that's and that's the thing. As a kid, you're going to remember the great ones. You're going to remember the horrible ones. All the in between, you're not going to remember. And that, that drives a lot of who I am of I want to be like I see legacy different from other people. Legacy is not how you remember me. Legacy is what I can imprint on you. So for me, my legacy is that I've helped you grow and I've given you a spark, an idea that you can take with you, that you can fan and become larger and then impact somebody else with. Wow. Well, Taylor, I think, I mean, you just dropped the mic right there. So <laughs> I think that's probably a really good place to kind of wrap up. Um, but before we do, we, we did talk briefly about um, Twitter and, and some things you're engaged in. You mentioned, which I was not aware, I actually just learned a lot from you about Education Never Dies. And, um, you know, when, when we finished the chat the other night and they said, uh, join us at the after party, I'm like, wait, wait, what after party? How do we get there? <laughs> and the conversation was amazing and it's ongoing. So to have that support base and people that you can reach out to, like you said, in a, in a safe zone, um, pretty much 24 seven is, um, comforting to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that safety zone of just, I want to say these things, uh, and I'm afraid to say them at my school or to other people come say them to us because more than likely mm -hmm. we've thought it. And the great part is we have teachers, we have special education teachers, we have assistant principals, principals, district admin, we have everybody, every version of that is in the core group of education never dies. The nine of us have started it. And then mm -hmm. everybody else that's in the after hours, because one, we just started to make a difference. Everybody's in the education never dies group. Anybody that wants to come in, you are welcome because we're there to answer the real questions and to actually help you and not give you the same cookie cutter answers you've gotten five million times that you turn around and go, wow, that was pointless. You know, right. it's just, we want to help you. If you're struggling with something, come ask. If you just want to listen to other people, man, come out. I mean, there's times I've gotten on there and been like, you know what? I'm really mad about this, this, and this, and I hate that this happened today. 
and people are like, man, I'm sorry, you know, I would do this or we're here to listen. And it just makes you feel better that somebody knows how you feel. They're not going to tell you you're stupid or that, right. you know, what you're doing is wrong. They're just like, I've been there, you know, I hate mm-hmm. it for you. You know, if you need anything, mm-hmm. we're here. And it's just, it's that place for whatever you need. It's not going outside the walls. We're here to help you. We're here to give you feedback. And we're here to just be there for whatever. I mean, that's what the group's all about. Because as long as we're growing, as long as we're learning together, education never really dies. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <laughs> well, mic drop again. And, and that's where we're going to leave it because you, you just wrapped it up in an awesome way. Taylor, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule um, to talk to me. And I think it's important for listeners to know that we did connect on Twitter and we did connect through Education Never Dies and we did connect in exactly that form that you're talking about, um, the, the after hours chat on Voxer. And I am grateful for now being a part of that family. So uh, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your um, your heart, your your background, your experience, your reach, your vision, um, and, and your love for learning teachers and supporting kids and teachers really everywhere. Uh, just like you said, someone reached out on Twitter and, and just like I contacted you after after our after hours chat. <laughs> so um, just just really, really thank you. And it, it's been a pleasure having this time with you. And I just look forward to a continued educational relationship. And I do hope that you and your family stay safe. Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate being on here. I feel honored to be number one. So uh, super excited about that. I'm going to hold that over everybody's head. And uh, uh, please stay safe yourself. And if anybody, you, anybody needs anything, uh, we're always here. You know, I'm glad to help in any way. And I know everybody else the same way. Thank you, Taylor. And and I'm going to piggyback on what you just said real quick. Um, listeners, let, let me say this for a minute. I know I mentioned it on the front end, but you really need to understand that um, it took a lot for me to get. I didn't even realize I had this fear of um, interviewing other people. And it's not the fear of interviewing. It, it was really the mindset of oh, nobody wants to talk to me. I'm just a teacher, um, but I'm so much more than a teacher. So, I mean, and to say that I'm just a teacher, that's how, how dare I do that to the profession that I love so much. So um, I, I had to have some some awareness mentally about that and say, you know what, I, I have a platform and I'm very blessed to have this platform and I can connect with other educators. So this is a first for me and, and it's one I never will forget either. So I really, really do appreciate um, you being willing and, and giving me this very memorable experience. Yeah. Oh, anytime. And, and just remember, I was like that one time too. I was like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And mm-hmm. it's just, it doesn't matter if it's just one person. If you change, if you change the world for that one person, you've changed the world. So don't worry about thinking anything about what you have to say. Just say what you feel and say what's in your heart, because I guarantee somebody's going to connect with it. Third mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, thank you for joining us at Intelligogy, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. And we really, really appreciate Taylor Armstrong's time with us. Taylor, tell them where they can connect with you on social media. Sure. So I'm at Twitter at Taylor 
underscore does underscore it. And that's kind of a side note because I know I do IT, but I do the it because in education, we all do a little bit of everything. So be whatever it is today. That's why I did that. And then uh, on uh, Instagram, I'm B underscore the underscore compass or be the compass. And you'll get a lot of my stuff through both of those uh, avenues. Okay, awesome. Well, Taylor, once again, thank you on this Friday afternoon for taking time to uh, chat with me. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. All right, you as well. Thank you, Taylor. All right, bye. Bye.